Aloha, welcome and hello. You are listening to issue number 35, previously in 2015. That's the title of it. <laughs> You're listening to the Sunspots Comics Podcast. And I'm Chris Latori. Thank you very much for listening in. Please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Sunspots Comics. We'd greatly appreciate it. If you have questions, uh, concerns, um, maybe you want a recommendation, just email me, chris at sunspotscomics.com. I'd appreciate your feedback. If I do discuss your email on the air, on the podcast, I will send you a small token of our appreciation in form of a comic book prize. So send us an email, even if you just want to discuss something. I'm always here. So this episode is jam-packed. It's an extra large, it's just a heavy, heavy duty, fun-filled hour and a half or so, I guess, uh, podcast where I'm going to, there's no comic book feel-good freebies, there's no artificial intelligence stories, there's 0.0 uh, Spider-Sense tingling stories this week because we got so much to cover. Uh, I'm going to sort of recap, uh, kind of go back, discuss, look at all of the awesomeness of 2015 from May until late December. Recapping, showing you everything that happened, highlighting some stuff and picking some favorites of uh, everything that happened from uh, May to now. I, I do it from May to now because that's when I started the podcast. So let's let's stick with that because it's all content I've discussed on previous podcasts, which you can, of course, go and look at on iTunes or SoundCloud. So and that's going to be the oh, and then there's about a 30 minute interview with me and my son, Justin, Justin Latori. And he uh, and I go over episode seven, so we review it heavily. There's spoilers. There's uh, heavy-duty spoilers. But we review Force Awakens episode seven. And I dip into the mailbag and just all kinds of fun stuff. So let's just jump right in, and away we go. We're going to start with the mailbag. I actually got an an email from Glenn, who on Instagram, you can follow him um, at squirrels underscore aren't, A-R-E-N-T, underscore cants, C-A-N-T-S. And he recommended... Mad Men, Mad Man, from the Alred, Michael Alred, his wife Laura Alred does the inks, and I've already read, or I'm reading episode one, and so far, I'm not done with episode one, I downloaded uh, the number one issue from 2007 and the number one issue from 2009, and I'm halfway done with the issue uh, number one from the 2007 series of Mad Men, and so far I like it. He's kind of a Frankenstein. He's kind of a... He has amnesia. He's he's walking around the planet right now and everyone's dead. And there's a strange fog all over the planet. Why is he the only one left? And then he's visited by this sort of talking metallic orb. So I don't know what's going on, but it's a crazy mess that I'm enjoying so far. And I love the art of Michael Alred and his wife, uh, Laura, always inks and finishes and colors his work so beautifully. So um, it's definitely in the vein of their previous work from, say, iZombie. Uh, Art Ops is something I'm reading right now with uh, Michael Alred art. And it's always, for them, something a little bit out there. And Madman is uh, definitely going along with that vein. So thank you, Glenn for the recommendation. I'm enjoying it thus far and felt like uh, giving you a shout out. Please follow him. Uh, Again, squirrels underscore aren't underscore can'ts. And Glenn, I'll be reaching out to you to get your address so that I can mail you a comic book goodie. So that's the dip into the mailbag. Thanks, Glenn. Okay, so next up is a 30-minute interview slash review slash discussion about Star Wars, Episode 7, The Force Awakens. Justin and I sit down to talk about it, review it. It's spoilerific, so be warned. And here you go. This is uh, Justin and I in our review of Star Wars, Episode 7, The Force Awakens. Here you go. 
Okay, so I'm here with my special guest, Justin Latori. How you doing, Justin? Doing all right. Where can uh, people, where can my fans find you on Instagram? Just LA Kings on everything, except <laughs> Just for Snapchat. I nice. mean, I don't really use Snapchat too much, so. All right, cool. Just well, LA thanks Kings. for being my guest today and coming in and uh, reviewing and discussing Episode 7, Force Awakens. Yeah, I mean, it was a good movie. Good movie. Yeah, overall, big, 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 big thumbs up. Two lightsabers up. I say. <laughs> <laughs> and we both saw it three times, so we're going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, we're going to talk about what we liked and, and maybe didn't like. We're going to talk about uh, maybe our favorite favorite character, who that is. We'll point that out. And just overall give it a review and talk, so this is spoiler heavy. Spoilerific. Spoiler, spoiler, just tons and tons of spoilers. So, But, I mean, it's already uh, January 2nd, so... Third. Third. Yeah, everyone we're in the world. We're recording already. this on the third. Yeah. So everyone in the world's already seen it more than once. So here we go. I loved it too. Two blues lightsabers up for me. Well, you know, my lightsaber's green. So two <laughs> green lightsabers up. Nice. And uh, I, I, tell you, I saw it three three different ways, and I'll, I'll share those experiences a little bit. You saw it three times as well? Three and, times. Yeah? yeah? And 3D all three times? or No, just... I, I saw it IMAX 3D with you, the you know, the day it came out, and then... Uh, the two days after, I saw it regular D, 2D, and then a day after that, I saw it again in regular D. So, so I'm in the same boat, too. I saw IMAX 3D the first time, which I was sick, uh, which I still am, so I apologize for the grossness. But I could hardly hear out of my left side, <laughs> my left ear, on that show, so I was really looking forward to seeing it again. But right from the crawl, I had heavy chills, and my eyes watered up a little bit. I think I was in such a shock at that point. At that moment. Like, I was, you know, when we saw it the first night, everyone was just so into it. And, like, there was, uh, right when, you know, Lucasfilm came up, there was three clap moments. <laughs> Lucasfilm came up on the screen. And people were cheering. And people were cheering. And I was like, okay, like, relax. Like, there's two more coming. And then it goes in the galaxy far, far away, you know, whatever. More cheering. More cheering, and then, <laughs> and then you know the the music starts and the crawl, the crawl and starts, then and then like it was the pandemonium. Ovation. Yeah, yeah, it, it was it was awesome. I was screaming, I was yelling, I was clapping. Pretty sure everyone in the theater was at that moment. So it was it was ecstatic. I was really excited, and you know the crawl itself, as in content wise, when I first read it, I was like, well, what the hell. <laughs> I was kind of, I was kind of pissed at you know how much the, we missed the the rebellion. They screwed up. So yeah, like, and, you're like well, and and I mean, I like that it was a short and sweet <clears throat> call, oh, yeah. and good. it made perfect sense right off the bat. Like yeah. Luke's gone, they're looking for him. That exactly. was basically. No, but yeah. I, I, what I thought initially from the crawl was, man, we missed a lot of stuff. Thirty years is uh, it's a big, that's a big leap for us to make, you know. And you know, I, before I saw the Force Awakens, I went on a on a marathon I went on a tear on my own so did I yeah. I recapped and watched so I I you know reading all six crawls going into this one this one was definitely the most straightforward to the point besides like you know a new hope you know the new hope was like well it's there here's the empire and here's the rebellion and then Leia needs help that's what pretty much new hope is this one's probably the most simple compared to that yeah you know? I like that's one thing I like about it they did they kept it simple you know, they had a real streamlined storyline. They got to find Luke. Like yeah. Real basic purpose. Um, some of the happenstance, some of the circumstance, like boom, there's 
There's the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. You know, some of the beats, <laughs> beats of New Hope. Um, I, I, I was enjoying from the nostalgic feel of it, but I was also kind of like itching and a little bit hungry for just something totally different and new. And you kind of got that too. Well, yeah, that, that was what I think they did so perfectly is, you know, everything they, they brought themes back from the original trilogy that everyone missed. You know, I, I mean, me being a second generation Star Wars fan, you know, I, I grew up on the prequels, but I still loved, you know, the originals more than the prequels. And, and so, you know, bringing those themes back was something that, as you know, as me as a second generation, like I said, it, it was, it was really awesome. And, you know, they did bring new stuff. They brought new characters. It was, it was fresh, but it was still refreshing from, you know, the original three. And I thought that was, that was really good. And I don't know how a lot of people took it. You know, they could have been taking it like, come on, do something else, right. JJ. But I, I thought it was, I thought it was good, and he, he did it for the fans. I feel like it was, yeah. it was a fan movie. He definitely uh, appealed and, and fed the fans in this. And I felt like, also that he did a good job of balancing the passing of the torch, the old oh, yeah. and the new, kind of all three definitely. in, in one movie. And I know that's hard to do. I mean, he did some of that in the Star Trek series and JJ oh, yeah. Abrams. So he did also a really good job of doing it here from. The passing of the torch from from Han being oh, killed. Like, yeah. that was major. Um, I did read, and I remember reading a long time ago, that he wanted Harrison be, Ford yeah. wanted... And actually, it was written in. George Lucas was going to kill him in, in Return Jedi. of the Jedi. Yeah, in Jedi, right? Yeah. And he was all for it. Harrison Ford was all for it. And I remember reading upon that, like, he, when he said, he, no, he's not going to, the Harrison Ford was a little disappointed. Yeah. And so I'm sure he pitched JJ again, like, come, come on, kill, kill me, me. <laughs> kill me, come on, I'm right here, kill me, kill now. me, kill me now. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I did hear somewhere that when the rewrite was announced that, you know, no major character was going to die in Return of the Jedi, I heard that Harrison Ford was definitely kind of like he was bummed a, he about was it. Bummed. He wanted to be the one, I think. Yeah. You know what I mean? But uh, you know what? He, he got, got his wish. Yeah, he, he got his wish. <laughs> he got and, his you wish. Know, it, it, as sad as that scene is, I mean, we're far into the movie if we're describing the movie now uh, for spoilers. So uh, uh, the scene itself was he couldn't have gone out in such a better way, uh, in my opinion. Yeah. The only other way he could have gone out better is if he full on just blew up the Millennium Falcon, like <laughs> flew into, into a, a blaze Imperial of glory. ship yeah, and just <laughs> exploded. It's the only other way I would have been like awesome. Strapped with explosives. Exactly. <laughs> so him with the whole sympathetic thing with his son and, you know, how he, he reluctantly yeah. died trying to save his son was something that I think was was perfect for the character, you know? I think we should call him by his full name, uh, which is oh, o Obi-Wan Ben... Uh, Kylo Ren Organa Solo. Organa Solo. Yeah. <laughs> we should He's just call him that. Name. Oh we, my God. Instead of Kylo Ren. Every yeah. time we refer to him, let's refer to that full name. Uh, Obi Wan Ben Kylo, Kylo Ren Organa Solo. Solo. Oh my God. That's the whole thing. That's his whole name. He's wow. like a. He has like a very traditional like Spanish name. I have long 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 names. Yeah. <laughs> they went for that. It's very uh, very man. today. Very you know very up to it's current really... times. <laughs> what uh, you know. What did you think of him? I want to know your opinion of him because I, I I have a very like kind of vivid opinion of him. So what did you think? You know, there were, I was reading some criticism on after he took the mask off and people were surprised he took that Kylo Ren took his that's, mask off. That's one thing I thought too. But he took it off him, too early. The look of him and the sound of him very happy. I mean, prior to to yeah. taking his helmet off, I was actually a little creeped out by him because he was this kind of calm, the way he spoke. He was just like this twisted little demented 
person. I, I mm-hmm. got that vibe from him. See, I very much did. For me, they were saying he like was, emo. People were saying like emo yeah. Darth Vader. I didn't kind of get that. I just got this creepiness from him. For which, me, which worked. For me, the whole beginning of the movie up until he, where he takes the mask off in front of Ray. He was perfect, and I loved it. He was creepy, and he was dark, and he was everything that, like, Darth Vader was, and a little bit more, you know, to the point of of, of being a, a good villain. But when he took off the mask for the first time, he took it off way too early. He should have so. wait—it would have had way more emotional impact on me and then I think probably more fans if he took it off just for Han Solo. You know what I mean? Maybe, just at that scene. Just at that scene, and then he left it off for the rest of the movie, and then, you know, the, the whole battle and whatnot. But I feel like, because he exposed it to Rey, it just kind of ruined that scene with Han Solo a little bit. It, it was still a good scene, I'm just saying, like, if we would have not known what he looked like when he took off his helmet at that Han Solo scene, wouldn't it have been like, oh, I think, he's I just think, normal. I think you and probably a lot of people had feelings of that, because, like, we didn't see Darth Vader take his helmet off till Return till the of the end. Jedi. And so... I, but I think that's a, a an unfair comparison when you really think about it, right? He's not that at all. He's a he's a Padawan. Yeah, I mean, he's like he's like like a week in the dark side. You know, just a he's he's like his thirty day trial point at this point. Yeah, <laughs> he's got that uh, Snoke, which well, is a yeah, weird well, name. I, I don't. Um, you Andy know, Circus plays him, right? I, I figured. Yeah. That, I didn't know yeah, that did. until I saw, I looked on IMDb the day mm-hmm. after we saw. Oh yeah. Yeah, he had that golem voice. He, yeah, yeah I, I noticed that the yeah. I think the third time after the second time I was like, "That's really Andy Circus." Like, and, but mm-hmm. when I th- when I saw it the last time, I was like, "Okay, I can see it. He's got he's got Gollum a little bit in that that kind of character, which you know, Gollum's awesome." But I mean, I, he's just that character is confusing the crap out of me, and it's it's because there's no explanation for him. A lot of people, a lot of my friends, come to me for nerdness nerd news nerd you know help questions answering you know so my buddy who went and saw it the same day that we saw it on friday night he came up to me he's like who's the big guy and i was mm-hmm. like dude and is I he don't big? Know. you know is yeah, he, the first I thing i, I thought he, was like yeah he looks like he's five Titan, times the yeah. size of, of a human but yeah. it's a hologram yeah so i don't think and he so is he's, he's i remember I th- a scene in empire strikes back where darth is talking to the emperor and the emperor's head is mm, gigantic. like gigantic yeah. in this room yeah. So yeah, they're playing with size, and I, I yeah. didn't think I think he's normal sized. You know, what, so. you know what would be funny is if he's Yoda sized, <laughs> and and then he's when he goes on hologram, that'll he's, be the best. Gigan- I think that would be awesome. <laughs> they should do that. Uh, you know, an evil emperor that is like uh, you know Yoda sized. That, that'd, that'd be, be that'd be crazy. Um, speaking of Yoda, what did you think of the new Yoda? I, I, that's what I've been calling it, Maz Maz Kanata. The, the the one from the cantina the the cantina runner. I don't know. I didn't consider her in the new Yoda just because she's like a she's like a fanboy of the Force. <laughs> well, the, <laughs> you know, she's thing, like I don't know the Force. Yeah, the thing but is, I, I think I, you know, like she was yeah. just kind of a, a, a Force fanboy with the whole thing. But I think though, you, I think the new Yoda is Luke. <laughs> really? Oh that's well, who, yeah. That's who's but gonna we, be there. For this movie, I feel like she was the Yoda of the, you know because she's the one with all the experience technically. Sort she's, of. She's lived through. Most of it, from what yeah. I, I remember of the story, he's she's lived through a, a lot. So I think like she was the one that was just kind of like, well, this is the Force, I can't do it, but you know, like, <laughs> I'll tell you about it, you know. And so I, I, I felt like she was the, the Yoda revival kind of that sure. character, you know what I mean? Yeah, she was there that, to. I felt like she was kind of like the maybe like the. The fan club, you know, if there was a Nick force fan know. club. She was yeah. the president of that fan club. She just was like, you know, she was in tune with kind of what's happening in the world and what's happening with the force. But I don't know if she has 
any force no, ability. She's not force sensitive at all. Yeah. She's but just, I think she's I just think, got experience, you know. Yeah. What I mean? She's been around. She's yeah. like, oh, what is a thousand she, years? That, that's what, that yeah, place. that's why I think like you know Yoda. She's kind of the Yoda because she's been around for too long. So, you know, but I, I liked that cantina scene. That was that's one of my favorite scenes <laughs> yeah. in the movie when they walk in and that song. Yeah, it just like hit on. It, it wasn't. I, it would have been funny if they brought that song back, but you know, it was just a, whatever song they play. I want to get that song. You know what I mean? And like, so that whole cantina scene was was awesome. I I felt like just the exposition that was added on that point was just really really strong. You know what I mean? That's that was they, another New Hope beat, right? When yeah. we walk into her lair, which I already forgot the name of it. That's been there for a Maz thousand Kanata. years. I forget yeah. the name of the, the place. That was a very name. New Hope episode four beat mm-hmm. there. It just, okay, here we go. We're, mm-hmm. we're feeling very familiar with uh, Definitely. Very nostalgic for episode four. But I, I really think that going back to the point of Yoda, I think that it's going to be Luke. I think, I hope that in the next one that Luke is fully even talks like Yoda. Just says everything backwards. <laughs> <laughs> I hope Luke fully embraces that and just oh goes like, God. you know, learn you will of the force. You know, like I hope oh he boy. speaks that way. Wouldn't oh that be boy. great? That would be <laughs> Oh man. I don't I don't know if JJ will allow that, but that would be hysterical. I mean Maybe he goes a little crazy and that's part of why he's alone. <laughs> like like Yoda was on Dagobah by himself for so long. Yeah, that's, that's why, why maybe he kinda of talks that way and he's he's and maybe yeah. Luke being on that island alone for who yeah. knows how many years. What, what I thought when you... Cause now we're at the end. Of, we're jumping around the movie like yeah, crazy. We're, we're not in any order. So, I mean... <laughs> um, at the end of the movie, when she walks onto that island after finding where Luke is on that map, and she's walking through that kind of crazy island and everything's yeah. kind of built. You got a whole long staircase leading to mm-hmm. him. You know? I was thinking the whole time, like, dude, he probably built this in a day. With the, just, force. with the force, he just picked up all the rocks and was just like, "Boom!" And he, it was—I don't know why for me. Or is he in the first Jedi Temple they reference? Is that the first from, Jedi Temple? For, oh, the first Jedi, not from like the prequels. That, that no, they reference. Don't they reference that that Luke is in, he search, was in of search of the first yeah. Jedi Temple? So yeah. is that it, where he maybe is? That is maybe maybe he didn't build it. Dang, yeah. so that's a good question. That, yeah, that could be where he is. There's He's so, at the first. The Jedi thing Temple. was with this movie is there was so many unanswered questions. Of course, and but it was still so fulfilling. Uh, fulfilling. It was yeah. just it was refreshing. It was awesome, and you know it le- it left me wanting more. And I and, and yeah. you know. It, at the same time, I felt I felt so much better about you know having wanting to see the movie because I had so many you know I had I was so excited I, I yeah. can't explain how many emotions were running through when just walking into the theater I was ready you know so one thing it did a good job of I mean it was such a good movie in that it and I know this a lot of people feel the same way it's made the prequels look better definitely. Like how how did, how did they how what kind of magic did J.J. Abrams like weave onto the planet? No idea. Whereas we look back now on one, two, and three with a little bit fresher eyes and yeah. we, a little more forgiving, and we just find it as fun. And I watched episode three today and realized episode three is dark and heavy and fun, and the lightsaber battles in it were a good time, and the acting from Obi Wan Kenobi to 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 Padme. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Natalie Portman and and uh, Ewan, Ewan McGregor, McGregor. their yeah. acting in it was fantastic. That whole "You're breaking my heart," I got chills. I like, I, I teared going up. Going down a path that I cannot follow. Oh, see, I got the chills right there when you just <laughs> said that. <laughs> and when Obi Wan was like, "You were the chosen one. You were like my brother. I loved you." <laughs> I, loved I was like, you, "Oh Anakin. man, I don't remember getting choked up on this yeah, before, was, but uh, here I am, like getting kind of choked up." 
yeah. years later after seeing episode three yeah, again. Definitely. So it, it was episode seven was magic enough to make one, two and three <laughs> seem not bad. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. I, I agree with you. Um, you know, I, I, like I said before, I was a, the second generation star Wars fan. So I, I grew up with the prequels and that was, you know, I think, I don't know if you made me watch those first. Yes, I made you watch those first. The prequels? I did. Oh boy, just you're a terrible father. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, but uh, no, I, I probably honestly was a, a mixture of sort of both because I remember before the prequels were out, I played you know four, five, and six yeah. constantly. See, so the, you probably saw them actually four, five, and six, yeah. and then the prequels after. The thing was, is I don't ever remember not knowing about four, five, and six. You know what yeah. I mean? So there was, uh, I mean, maybe when I first saw Phantom Menace that I didn't know about it, but I think after Phantom Menace, you were like. Here's the good stuff, and you yeah. probably laid it out. Because I don't know how long that gap was from Phantom Menace to Clone Wars. How do you know? Or do you remember how long that gap? Yeah. It was like '98 was when there Phantom was. Menace it was came only around, two, right? like two years in that okay. little gap there. Yeah. But I That's, do remember that they brought four, five, and six back into the theaters before the prequels came out, and I ooh. took you. You did to see four, five, oh, and six. So you I were did very see four, five, and six before in the, the theater. But yeah, you were so young. That, yeah, yeah, I don't it, remember that. I don't so. think you remembered there, but yeah. So, well, but but then, but it answers it. You definitely yeah. four, five, and six first, and then yeah. the prequels came out. Yeah. And I took you to see those in the theater as well. Yeah. So, that being said, though, Darth Maul is has always been my favorite character in the Star Wars universe. And, oh, and all of them. Of all of them. I of mean, all, I mean, seven movies. It, uh, of all seven movies, I mean, wow. out of like a entirety, Darth Maul was still he he's the one that like. I relate, I mean, not relate to, but I love him the most. He was the most badass Sith nice. of all the Siths, in my opinion. And he, they could have done more. So that's the only That's the only reason why Phantom Menace is still the best prequel to me. I know you probably think, I know you think number three is the best, right? Five. For me, of, of all? Empire? You think Empire, Empire is, is my favorite of okay. all. Yeah, still to yeah. this day. So Phantom Menace is probably my favorite just because of Darth Maul. And, you know, Empire's his. But, you know, other than that, like, of the original three, Empire is still, you know, the best of all the movies besides... I think, actually, now Force Awakens might be the... Is your new favorite? Is my new favorite. Overall. Well, before yeah. we go into favorites of overall picking that, mm -hmm. we're, we're going to talk about our favorite characters of Episode Seven. So, okay. who was your favorite character of Episode Seven? Well, my favorite character, it, it, it kind of bounced, um, but I feel like from half the movie, it was Poe. Poe was my favorite, and then when Finn came around, I was like, okay, Finn's now my favorite. But the thing was that I loved about it is I feel like the Poe and Finn relationship is a character of itself, you know what I mean? Like, they're the new Han and Luke. They're, like, the, the buddies of the universe, you know what I mean? Like, they're they're tight now, and they've only known each other for... But even know. their relationship is unique. Uh, yeah, definitely, like, Han and Luke there, but Poe was such, like, a positive, like, breath yeah. of fresh air. Everything yeah. out of him's like, we're gonna do this. Exactly. He's like, that was one of my favorite He's, like, lines. got this positive attitude or everything. Like, we can get in there. We can we can break into the, the yeah. star killer. And I mean, he's just, yeah. like, so positive my, in nature. And Finn's just like, we're gonna die. We need, yeah. we need to run. <laughs> we need to get out of here. He's like, I'm gonna fend for myself. Like, you yeah. know. My favorite, my favorite exchange was when they first meet. Like, I've, you know, I've seen the movie three times, so I've seen it three times. And that's my favorite, like, you know, like line exchange, that my favorite connection of the two characters. Because when they go, he goes, you know, oh, so why are you doing this? He's like, 
and it was the right thing to do. And he goes, you need a pilot, don't you? That's just like, that's <laughs> yeah, like me and my best friend. Like that's, smart you know what I mean? Yeah. That like, exchange was great. And, and, and he, oh man, that I could, I could rehearse that whole thing. You know what I mean? And then he mm-hmm. goes like, he goes, we're going to do this. He's like, we are like, we're going to do it. <laughs> so who is your favorite? You were, you I'm going to say, I'm going to say Finn. So Finn. Okay. Finn, Finn's my favorite. And did you feel like, I felt like that Finn, I mean, he, Number one is defecting from mm-hmm. the first order, which is a, a big deal. So that's a big I, you character. Know, you know, it's a big, big like part of his who he is, his being. Yeah. He he decided this is yeah. wrong. Yeah. But at the same time, he's kind of like he's a little bit in that Han side of things where he kind of wants to take care of his own skin, bounce out. Yeah. And, and see, the thing with, is with me with Finn <clears throat> is is it was he was that that Han kind of character in a different sort of light. He was you know he's a stormtrooper, and. The whole movie, I don't know if you had this feeling too. The whole movie, I had a feeling he was like force sensitive. Like he might have the force. And he, it's not revealed or yeah, anything. I don't think he is, but. But I mean, I, I have hope that he is. Because <laughs> if he is, that'd be awesome. I think we, we see him with a lightsaber in his hand and you hope for that. But I don't think he will. I don't think he'll have. I don't think he'll be force sensitive. That sucks. But I mean. Maybe he could. It could surprise us. I, I just. I, I want him to. Because, you know, the whole thing with me, it was. It was because he you know was genetically altered and whatnot at birth i i have a feeling like because of that he might be force sensitive because he turned against his genetic altering like maybe because of that he's he has midichlorians exactly well <laughs> i don't think that exists now you know like i don't know if jj's gonna bring that back you know what i mean i don't know if they'll discuss it i don't think they have to he's writing the next he one just... isn't he? he's not directing it but right he's writing it yeah so he's he's co-writing it with the same guy, right? I forget his name. Yeah, I forgot the guy's yeah, name. Yeah, but they're co-writing it, and then another guy's directing it. Right. And then JJ's coming back for the last one. The is third one true? isn't confirmed yet. Yeah, the third one's not confirmed. JJ will be executive producer, and I think he's writing the script, but the director's not picked yet. And there, I, I read one little article that maybe JJ would come back for like the for Lucas, nine. the Lucas thing. Like you know, he Lucas did New Hope. Lucas did you we'll know see. Jedi. But he I didn't think he do did a good job. I know that. I mean, historically, JJ is really good at like beginnings. Yeah, getting things started. And, yeah. and I've and heard then, of that a lot. Yeah, lately for some and being the sort of muse that makes things sort of good in the long haul. But he kind of bounces out before the end. He yeah. kind of gets things started. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, 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 either way, I'm extremely excited for whatever Star Wars movies come out now. Because yeah. there's another one too. I heard. Yeah, um, Rogue One. Rogue One. Yeah. What you know? Nobody knows what the hell that's about. Is it just like a X-Wing fighters? That's what I think. You it's, know, Rogue uh, One. From what I've read, it's going to be their missions before episode four. So oh, it's like... So Rebels? The, the Rogue the Reb- mission stuff, yeah. Whoa. It looks looks like it's going to be that sounds pretty fun. interesting. Yeah. That sounds fun. I, I mean... That, I wonder if we're going to see Wedge. That would be uh, awesome. See, yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know, my whole thing... I think I sent it to you in the theater. I was like... When they go and raid Starkiller base, you know that... And, and I was like, where's Wedge? Like, my whole thing was, like, where's Wedge? Because I loved Wedge. Wedge yeah. was one of my favorite characters from the, the original six. Or, original I mean, three. wouldn't it be kind of cool if, if they did Rogue One as, like, as Poe, the adventures of Poe? That'd be cool. To and just expand kid, on maybe. his character. Or, you know, just as, like, you know, him in, you know, he's he has oh. the black X-Wing. Yeah. He's obviously already way experienced yeah. and he's already high ranked. But uh-huh. maybe when he was just, you know, lower ranked okay. and just getting That'd be fun. some of See, his adventures. That that'd be, be fun, cool. too. Um, But, yeah, like, I... I'm extremely excited for yes. any movie that's coming out now, but uh. So your favorite was Finn. Mine Finn, was mine was Ray. Ray. And I think favorite? what was kind of cool was that we saw the lightsaber in Finn's hand, so we automatically yeah. all thought that. Mm-hmm. But in no trailer did we see Ray holding a lightsaber. So that was yeah. the big Reveal. thing they covered up. That was the big reveal. She is the Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. 
And I like the fact that, you know, she's a grease monkey. Yeah. She's smart with electronics. She knows languages. Uh, that's kind of interesting. Yeah, you could tell you could tell from the beginning she's there, she's like, whoa, like she's some crazy smart person. Like, yeah, she's you multifaceted. Know, now that you, we've seen it and we know that she's a Jedi, it, it, that's all for, Force-sensitive qualities, <clears throat> isn't it? Yeah, like they absolutely. know languages, they know how to just tinker with stuff and like stuff comes easy to them because they're force sensitive right Right. so i now that i think of it you know you can kind of tell like okay she's she's the one that's going to become a jedi it makes sense but i like the fact that you know that she was the surprise she's the grease monkey she's smart she speaks multiple languages she's uh, a loyalist like she's still hanging out on that planet for her parents to come back they're not coming back and the mystery of her and and just the the way they wrote her in a mysterious way you know why they're not coming back (laughs) no because her dad's luke well and he she found him i don't know they showed a hand her dad's totally luke (laughs) you think her dad is totally there's no way if if it's if he's if what if she's related to obi-wan that would be cool too but either way like obi-wan was such a jedi you know and you know and enthusiast he wouldn't have broke his code you think even after the fall of the jedi i don't know because you're not supposed to you're not with the jedi you're not supposed to fall in love you can fall in love but you can't like you can't possessions yeah you can't have possessions so you can't get married you can't have kids you know would obi-wan break that because obi-wan's the one that was the moral compass of the jedi would and i don't i don't know if it i don't know if luke would i don't i mean who knows why would he like see the only thing with with luke for me I mean, he was yes. Luca was on the run in a way. He did something very Yoda-like. Yeah, where he, where he is is Dagobah. Pretty much, it's his Dagobah. And so, if Rey is his daughter, he would have to abandon her so that makes sense. The right? the the what is it? First the, Order. The, oh, was Kylo Ren's group called? Oh, the Knights of Ren. The Knights of Ren, so that they don't find Rey. Rey and recruit her. Yeah. Damn. Maybe. Well, See that that just opens another door that we can't explain anything. And right. it, that's one thing that. that so I, the mystery is the part of the allure as to why she's my yeah. favorite character because we just don't know. She carries a staff, which I dig. I like characters I, that carry staffs, and I'm into that. And um, she's strong. I think that like young women all over the world. I think women of all ages. Number one, they're going like older women are saying like awesome. Like I didn't want. Princess Leia to be my yeah. favorite character I, I looked that. up to. She's carrying a lightsaber. It's yeah, a girl with a lightsaber. Awesome. So young, you know that every Halloween and this Ray's year's Comic Cons, every little everywhere. girl in the world is going to have the three ponytails and the yeah. carrying a stick around with you know lug nuts screwed onto it. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. then outfits you know fairly easy. They could put it. It's like going to be cosplay mania with that. And every little girl over the world is finally like, hey, we have a girl Jedi. Yeah, you know, it's a girl. It's no Jedi. longer that 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 blue you know from the prequels remember she that was the only girl jedi i think i've ever seen was from the prequels she had those tentacle oh, hair in, things in part two where they blue and yeah and they oh and then rebels what's her name akasha from rebels oh, she was one true. but i mean i don't i mean i don't and they're all the all the, the clone wars in episode two right that's yeah. where you saw the most jedis mm-hmm. and then they're all killed and then in episode three well episode three they're all the, killed yeah yeah was it mission 66 Ex- execute order 66. order 66 and then you saw i think two females get killed yeah, yeah they were jedi but this one you have like a main character that's a female and that's a jedi yeah. i think that's it's it's definitely a change of pace and something smart that i think you know jj probably had some sort of pull on and you, th- you think maybe it was him because he wrote it right he, he wrote this one mm-hmm. so yeah i think it, it might have been jj well, who knows brought that but up. i like yeah. the mystery surrounding her and what i'm most excited to see what happens to her in in eight and nine yeah so that's why she's ultimately my favorite 
What was your favorite moment? My of, favorite moment? Of the okay, movie? I can literally recall this one. Like, I remember <laughs> seeing it the third time and, and remembering this moment as being my favorite moment. When they're at, after the cantina scene and they're getting raided, remember? Mm-hmm. At the, at the, the Maz's place. Uh, Finn and, and Chewie and Han, they're all tied up and like they're, you know, they're being caught. They have their hands on their heads. And then all of a sudden, you know, the, 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 X-Wings come in to save their asses and they start shooting up everything and then the two stormtroopers get taken out right next to them and they yeah. go, okay. And they grab all their stuff <laughs> and uh, and Finn's kind of tearing stuff up. He grabs a you know, stormtrooper blaster and starts shooting stuff and then you see it focuses more on, on Poe's X-Wing, his black X-Wing, flying around just kicking the ass and you can see he's just tearing it up and you see Finn just watching it and then, you know, he flies over Finn and he goes, whoa, that's one hell of a pilot. That's seriously my favorite moment of the whole movie. That's a great scene. That's my favorite moment. my favorite scene of the whole movie because it was just epic. All three times it still felt that way Exactly. Just that part gave me chills. I don't know why. It was just like seeing the flying and, yeah. and seeing Finn just like, holy crap. You know, like it was it was just epic. I loved that part. There were, there were like, my favorite scene is like two scenes, but overall it's just one. But... When she touches Luke Skywalker's lightsaber, Anakin Skywalker's yeah, lightsaber, and she, goes into that and she has and she sees the Force, yeah, I was like full of chills there because you 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 know that you have to later slow that scene down and, and see the thirty the thirty Easter eggs that are yeah. going to be in that. So each time in the movie when they did that, I'm like trying to slow with my yeah. eye with like using the Force, <laughs> using, using my brain, trying to slow it down or pause and like watching those little moments because. As soon as it comes out on Blu-ray, I'm going to pause it like crazy yeah. and you're going to see everything Didn't, there. Was it you that told me that <clears throat> Ewan McGregor has like a little part in that? Yes, he does the voiceover in that section. Really? Listen, yeah. I'd have to... Li- I, I can't it, catch it. It sounds more like him at the very end because it's very whispering. Yeah, yeah. But at the very end, he says something about your last steps or your yeah, final yeah. steps. And you can hear... Oh, He's you're like, oh, that's... Steps. that's. I do remember that. That's Ewan McGregor, like very clearly. So yeah, but I'd have to In combination with the scene of seeing the forest, I, I keep looking forward to it each time I've seen it. But also when she was being, when Ray was being interro- interrogated by oh, by, by, by Obi Wan, Ben, Kylo Ren, Organa Solo. Oh my gosh! <laughs> when he was when he was interrogating her and using his the, his hand was right up against her head, that I believe is truly the awakening. Yeah, of that the is force. The, that's that is the moment. awakening moment. That's that, when she realizes that's that Family she's... Guy moment where <laughs> where no. where he doesn't say it, but you know how they joked in Family Guy of like, I love when they say the title of the movie in the yes. movie. Yes, <laughs> that's oh my gosh. <laughs> we got to go back to the future. Uh, <laughs> yeah, she could have said like, I think my force is awakening. <laughs> uh, <laughs> nod. But I just felt like, oh, it's happening right there, and yeah. this is the name of it, and. When she, when he is so surprisingly shocked yeah. that he can't get into her brain, How, and then she turns it and goes into his brain yeah. about why he's scared. Yeah, I was, I still get, I'm just getting chills thinking about that right now. <laughs> that's that's my favorite scene overall. It, how badass was it when she used the Jedi mind trick on that stormtrooper? Oh, trooper? that was the best. That was so. That's like my awesome. third or fourth favorite scene. <laughs> that was freaking epic. And that I mean, that's uh, Daniel Craig. That was Daniel Craig. That's Daniel Craig. It doesn't sound like him. It's Daniel Craig. Yeah, did he, did he, Easter egg spoiler. Because I know yeah. he was in it. I knew he was in it. He was in that suit. He wasn't like credited, right? He was uncredited, but he was in it, and he was, and it's on IMDb. Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, but um, no, it's him. That in was the him? suit, and that's his voice. That's and his he's voice. Like, yeah, and he the... says like rebel bastards or rebel no, yeah, scum. No, he goes uh, scavenger scum. Scavenger scum. That's I right. I couldn't tell because he doesn't have an English. He doesn't Craig. have a British accent. He does, but it's light. Oh. It's like he he hit it just a little, or maybe in Bond it's heavier. Maybe that's how he really sounds. 
That's... And Bond is like, shake and not stare. No, he didn't sound like that. But... No, <laughs> that's, that's, like, that's like some it's 1920s like, <laughs> industrial revolution I'm British Bond, accent. James Bond. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But, but yeah. No. <laughs> uh, overall, Force Awakens was freaking phenomenal. Yeah, it was good. I, I think we uh, don't have much more to say about no, it. No, I point. mean, it's, uh, like when it's we... just a beautiful piece of, of art. It's a fantastic yeah. movie. And. Uh, I love it for so many reasons, but I think we covered some of the yeah. nuggets. You know, what was funny is is coming out of the theater the first time, every movie me and my dad see together. We we watch, you know, we'll watch it, and then afterwards, I remember doing it with uh, with what's it with Matthew McConaughey, I forget. Oh, Interstellar. Interstellar. Mm-hmm. Remember when we picked yeah. apart that movie like crazy? Right. This was one of the only movies where we were both like, uh, you know, what? what? We were speechless. Yeah. Yeah. We, it was so amazing and just jaw dropping. I had to go see it two more times to fully experience it again and again. And it, it was the first time you're just like you're in shock. Like yeah. it, you're just you're just trying to digest it. It was just it was a exactly. lot going on, and your your brain is thinking nostalgia, and your brain is thinking, "Wow, we're doing this again." It's actually Star Wars, so and happy. you get caught up a little bit in that, and like you have to see it more than once just to sort of. I ingest it yeah. and then and see then it again. See to, it as the movie. A little more objectively yeah. and exactly. as the movie. Yeah. And you know what? It got better and better every time I saw it. And Indeed. every time I saw it, I would catch little things that I didn't catch before. And it was, it just made it that much more better. You know, like for, for me as, as uh, you know, a Star Wars fan and as the kid who would get lightsabers and play with my uncle and my dad with lightsabers <laughs> as a child, it was just fantastic to watch. I, I loved it. It made me want to. It made me want to go buy some toy lightsabers. Yeah. I mean, I know I have some somewhere, but I. I it made me want to go get some toy lightsabers. Well, remember just... after we saw that night, after we saw that, we saw it on Friday. Yeah. IMAX we went to 3D. Toys R Us. I dragged you guys to Toys R Us, and I <laughs> grabbed the Force Awakens uh, Disney Infinity 3.0 yep, set, and uh, now I have them all, which yeah. there's only four uh, Force Awakens characters. But I never talked about it. But that night, it was not available to play. Really? I went home and it said like on the screen it said uh, this will be available after the release of the film which no. I, I was I tried to play it after the release of the film. That's crazy. So the next morning it was actually that's available. That's cool. That same morning. day I bought um you remember that I bought that little keychain lightsaber. Yeah. That's on my the, the, the freaking rear view on my my car. So that's it was it's I can now literally look at something that I see every day and go I saw I bought that the day I saw yeah. Force Awakens. And like it's me. weird that I needed a little memento to have that to say about it. You know what I mean? That's the that's a compliment to the movie. I mean, when I finally the next day is that that Saturday got to play Force the Force Awakens. Yeah. And right now I'm playing with with Yoda, which is hilarious. <laughs> <On the laughs> it's Force just fun to, on the Force Awakens game. <laughs> oh boy! But yeah, I'll never forget that being able to fire it up. You see the crawl again, and oh, Disney man. Infinity the game does such a great job of just of of just putting you right back in the movie and you're playing little aspects. That's awesome. It's uh, it was priceless, and awesome. it's I highly recommend it. But uh, yeah, movie was fan friggin' tastic. Fan friggin' tastic. Well, two, two lightsabers up. You know, green for me, <laughs> blue for him. Right. Do you think that said it all? I think that. Yeah, I, I mean, think we said I, it all. You said everything I could possibly say because I can't really say much more about this amazing movie. So. Well, there you go, guys. There's our <laughs> review slash discussion about Episode Seven, Star Wars: The Thank Force you. Awakens. Thanks for listening. Have a good one. Later. <laughs> And a quick zombie destroyer announcement, announcement number seven. We, I have page one in, in my possession, and I, it's so gorgeous to look at. 
in uh, in person. Thank you so much, Jordan Hudson. I am so excited to post it on the website and to begin trying to color it. I'm looking at getting a scanner, looking at uh, refreshing my Adobe Photoshop experience, even have some of the Prismacolor inks. I'm going to try to do both ways to try to color it myself. But uh, thank you, Jordan Hudson. I can't thank you enough. It is gorgeous. It's beautiful. It's page one. It's zombie destroyers. My four main characters all surrounded by a gigantic zombie horde. And uh, please follow Jordan. Uh, at in on Instagram Jordan underscore Hudson underscore art he is the fantastic artist and look at his work it's gorgeous uh, he's doing the work on zombie stories while I'm writing it and coloring it hopefully but we'll see I'm gonna probably release it on the website just in black and white at first uh, page here and there probably in a sort of unscripted kind of schedule just when they're sort of done and they look sort of polished I'll post it there so you can kind of read it and then eventually release it in color on paper and digitally probably on comicsology.com and the comicsology app so there you go that's the zombie destroyers announcement number seven so thank you very much and as i said before there's no comic book feel, feel good factoid freebies no ai stories no spider sense stories so i'm going to jump right into the favorite picks of the week and then at the end of the favorite picks of the week i'm going to go into the 2015 roundup so this week there were for new comic book day december 23rd i had 14 comics not bad and five again made it to the top top picks i think that's like two or three weeks in a row where i had 14 and then five picks i think so um that was actually it's december 30th was the um, pick of the week not december 23rd december 30th and please buy these recommendations on paper go to your local comic book shop support them find a comic book store near you and buy these on paper they're fantastic they're gorgeous comics and of course spoiler alert i do review them read them discuss them talk about them and uh, spoiler alert, you've been warned. And also, quick mention of the art cover of the week was Batman Europa, number three. Um, and it is a gorgeous cover. It has the Eiffel Tower, pieces of the Eiffel Tower and multiple Eiffel, Eiffel Towers made into uh, like a Batman statue with this gruesome looking bat symbol in red in the center of his chest with like Joker crazy looking teeth in the center. And uh, it's by artist... Uh, his name is, I want to say it's, uh, yeah, Diego Latori. No relation, but, uh, <laughs> Diego Latori from Art. I guess you have to also mention the layouts from Giuseppe Cumancola, Camancoli. Uh, the layouts were by him, so it definitely looks like a two-man job. And they're also the art winners this week. So, cover winner, Batman Europa number three, get it. Art winner overall, also Diego Latori, and the layouts by Giuseppe Camancola. Um, for Batman Europa number three of four and it also made it into the top picks this week So you're gonna hear more about it coming up. I had to mention those are the art winners and Number ones there was actually only two this week. There was last gang in town which was <clears throat> kind of a punk rock kind of mess of a fun um, It was uh, it didn't make the top picks, but it was definitely it, it harnessed that feeling of, of grungy punk music and the comics don't do that very often. Not sure I'm, if I'm going to keep going. I'm going to think about that one. But Last Gang in Town was a number one. And also uh, Anakin and Obi-Wan. Uh, Obi-Wan and Anakin, Star Wars series, number one, uh, which made it into the top pick as well. So I'll discuss that. But only two number ones this week out of the uh, 14 overall. So five of them made it made it to the top uh, five picks. Please pick them. Please, please grab them. Please buy them. They were fantastic. So let's start. Coming in at number five was from Marvel Comics, Drax. Written by CM Punk and art by Scott Hepburn. I have to say, the art 
overall, this week was fantastic. It was a really good art week, which was a, a just when you buy comics and they're and it's beautiful art in your hands, it just makes it feel like you really spent your money wisely. And I definitely felt that this week. All the art was just gorgeous. So Drax is just a lot of fun. Ultimately, CM Punk did a great job of harnessing that very literal personality of Drax and his sort of 90s tattoos. Um, the artist captures that very well. And he is kind of meandering here without the rest of the team trying to find his way in the galaxy and runs into a guy that I know I've seen in previous Marvel comics before, Terax. Terax is a giant behemoth kind of Thanos looking guy. Where you think they're gonna drop drop the gloves and go toe to toe, but uh, no, he's like, let's have uh, let's sit down here at this bar and have a drink together, and throws his giant axe on the table and like, hey, let's sit down. So you already thought, okay, I can expect this to just be a big fight, but no, turns out they're gonna be buddies and sit in a bar and talk about stuff. And it's just the dialogue back and forth between them. This you know, Drax being very literal, and this you know, Terax being. Uh, very sort of gladiator like and and you know just very outspoken and very loud and and everything is just uh, you know has honor and and privilege and right and it's about strength and and it's just this hilarious little conversation they have about like what are they gonna do and the bartender's like an interesting written character there this female that's very tough and just threatens to liquidate people constantly. <laughs> I just like that. It was just a chuckle. Like, I'm, am I going to have to liquidate someone today? She constantly says. And uh, she's just well written and they think she's just a barkeep, but she's also a really skilled mechanic. And she'll, she offers Drax that if, she, if he can find out who's been stealing her stuff, uh, he w she will fix his ship for free and he can get off this little crappy planet where the, this bar is. <clears throat> well, come to find out... There's people stealing parts, but also like stealing children, and so he's kind of thrust into this situation, trying to be the hero, and uh, and luckily his his new bar buddy is gonna jump into the mix here and help him out. So there's some so Terax and him fighting hand in hand, and it's uncovering sort of a a deeper mess on this planet than he expected, and he has to help these small children, and so. It's just a blast. It's just a, a great splash of colors and green, and it's just sci-fi fantasy fun. I enjoyed it all the way through. A quick page turner, and hats off to Mr. CM Punk for making just a fun Drax series. I definitely recommend it. That's Drax number two was my number five pick of the week. Number four was Star Wars, Obi-Wan and Anakin. And I tell you, with The Force Awakens and everything going on, this actually inspired me to watch episode three. So after I read this comic, I, po I popped on episode three and watched it and actually thoroughly enjoyed it because I'm still under J.J. Abrams' spell of where episode seven has made episode one, two, and three better. And so that spell hasn't worn off and it carries over into this, this comic. I first off have to note the team here. Charles Soule on writing, has a, he just handles the voice of the Jedi so well. An artist and cover artist, Marco Cicchetto and... He brings a little different look to the Star Wars comics that are currently ongoing, and I really liked it. He's very ultra-realistic. Um, his This sort of snow scene where they crash land on this planet is gorgeous, from the snow falling to the mountain look to the landscaping. is just gorgeously drawn. Um, the blues and whites and pale oranges, just very, very good. And they crash land on this planet that's just in the middle of this war, and they receive the distress call to 
to help this planet in this middle of this war, and they have a little flashback where Anakin is in his lightsaber training with this this lightsaber robot, and he configures it to look like Darth Maul because of the you know the Obi Wan's reputation of of killing uh, a Lord of the Sith. He Anakin sort of obsessed with that, and you just get a, again a little peek, a little glimpse into his obsession with the dark side, and he creates the likeness of this robot into the into Darth Maul and uh, interesting to see Anakin spar with a Darth Maul robot uh, lightsaber robot and <clears throat> then he's teased and he hears some kids like call him a slave some other some other Padawans and he shows them how strong he is with the force by stealing your lightsabers right out of their hands and shutting them off and he says uh, to them like what emotion are you feeling now like he's just sort of a smart alecky punk and he knows he's strong with the force but Charles Soule did a great job of capturing the voice of Anakin and of, of Obi-Wan and the Jedi here. And ultimately, when they find some of the civilization on this planet, they say they're Jedi here to help. And the, the, the inhabitants of this planet, very humanoid inhabitants with like white hair and kind of strange face tattoos, look very humanoid though. They're like, what? what's a Jedi? <laughs> so they don't know who made the distress call in this war. And... They're obviously not part of this distress distress call, so it's just a, an offshoot. Uh, what if uh, right in between, probably episode one and two, uh, in that in that age? No, probably between two and three. Episode two and three, just a, a what if, just a little little short jaunt into the galaxy for them on a little road trip, and I enjoyed it. I loved it, and the art is fantastic. Way to go, Chichetto. It's gorgeous. That's my number four. Number three is also a Star Wars title, Star Wars from Marvel Comics, Chewbacca, and it's the five of five, the ending of this short series, which I loved, from <clears throat> writer Jerry Duggan and artist who is a fantastic, beautiful artist, Phil Noto. Phil Noto drawing Chewbacca, I just want to look at it all the time. It, so this is a, the ending story of Zaro and Chewbacca that are trying to save the slaves of this planet. Chewbacca's sort of crash landed fell into the situation where he has to help these slaves and Zero is like a young preteen girl and her father is a slave and she was a slave and Chewbacca is doing his thing to help out here well they're captured by the Empire brought up to a, a one of the destroyers and they've got to use their wits to kind of get out of this and figure out a way to escape this place and she Zero sort of comes up with a plan and it starts with Chewie just uh, dispatching stormtroopers heads are rolling <laughs> limbs are being torn apart and Chewie's doing his thing and uh, they convince this Imperial s sergeant that the person that they're working for is the, s the slave owner that they're trying to fight for and that he's and basically they convince the Empire that he's looking to double-cross them <clears throat> and they fall for it he's obviously not the smartest Imperial general or sergeant or whatever he is but uh, then it's just action-packed. Uh, madness ensues and blaster fire and Chewbacca jumping off of things and her holding on to him and holding on to his fur. And it reminded me of, of the old Superman movie where he's in flying through the air and he's like, oh, you've got me. Who's got you? But uh, <laughs> it has that even that sort of framework of that scene from that Superman movie. But it, ultimately their friendship works here and... 
they, you know, Chewie saves the day, and the Empire leaves the planet alone, and the slaves are going to be left alone. And there's a, a just a, a very warm, touching goodbye moment between Zero and Chewbacca that they did really well, all with the, you know, the facial emotions with her looking at him, and he gives her a memento to remember him by, which is his medallion that he quote unquote did not get at the end of Episode Four: New Hope. Uh, he did get one, apparently, because there it is. <laughs> so I like that they kind of joke and fill in with Chewbacca not getting a medallion at the end of Episode 4, New Hope, in the medallion ceremony scene. He had one after all. Maybe they just gave it to him on the side, or quietly, or not on the movie screen, whatever. And he gives that medallion to Zero, and even their exchange between, like, Aren't, don't you want to keep this? And he sort of points out his gun belt, like, nah, it doesn't really work with what I'm wearing. And she even, without understanding what he's saying, says, yeah, it kind of clashes with your whole warrior vibe you've got going. So, he, Duggan does a great job of, he, he, you know he loves Star Wars because the love is in here. And Phil Noto, you know he loves Star Wars because of the, the painstakingly detailed drawings of Chewbacca and his facial features is just, it makes you feel warm, it makes you feel happy for Chewbacca, and it was, it's just a good time, and that's why it's my number three pick of the week. So number two is from DC Comics, Batman Europa, number three of four. So this miniseries is almost done. This is the cover winner and art winner because this does some unique things that I haven't seen in a while. Story is um, Matteo Casala and Brian Azzarello. Layouts by Giuseppe Camincola and art by Diego Latori. Nice last name, buddy. And <clears throat> not only does he use every color in the rainbow here, it's very dark. He uh, writes Batman here as to him even understanding the romanticism of Paris because they're in Paris and the Joker is even talking about that they both talk about that one day they could see themselves living in the place like Paris the the uh, Batman's voice in when his his captions are in like a light blue with the Batman symbol behind it which I like that that's very well done and the Jokers of course are green and the, and the lettering is a little different and unique you can tell it's the Joker I just like that feel of it whereas in all these panels both the Joker and Batman are drugged with some crazy virus and this whole feel of this comic is like you're you feel like you're induced with this crazy drug they use like a, a 3d color pattern where it looks like you need to put 3d glasses on like they sort of overexposed the image and drew two images next to each other really close with green and blue lines to make it look like you're looking at 3d so it's disorienting yet it really works with this particular comic because they're drugs so it's like you're seeing it through their eyes in first person and they're just trying to figure out still here who drugged them and they think they find someone that looks like a joker batman combo and then he finds these like joker fans that are going to help him find the person that that made this virus to get an antidote so you really don't know all that much and we're three of four this story is almost over so this just feels like a drug-induced romp of their virus up and they, they realize they have to help each other but they don't like each other and the dialogue here is very is written very very like it makes sense it's not to where you feel like they're just totally buddies that they're hashing up some some things in the past they're they're having difficulty dealing with each other and at times Batman seems to be slipping uh, like further from reality and the Joker is the one that has to actually at one point the Joker saves him from falling off this building because he feels like he needs the Batman to find the the antidote for himself so it's <clears throat> it's just well done it's 
just so gorgeous to look at. You have to look at each page again and again and again because you don't really know what you're looking at and that 3D coloring effect is disorienting and it's it's trippy. Just a trippy episode. That's why it was my number two. It was a lot of fun. Joker and Batman dealing with each other? Crazy. But anyway, the number one pick of the week this week from Image Comics, Black Magic number three, written by Greg Rucka and the beautiful art by Nicola Scott. She is an art cover winner and an art winner in the past, and this was a very close art winner. This um, this really does a good job of building a bigger like world here and opening up and introducing some new characters to where you really feel like this story, which is kind of small in scope, just got a whole lot bigger. It's this witch coven that our main character, Rowan Black, who I like that you don't really know. Is she good? Is she bad? She's a cop. She's called into some hairy situations like the, the one in episode issue number one of this series, which was a like a hostage takeover situation. She's called in for that stuff. So she's like a you know high level detective, highly respected in her unit. She has a partner that she's close to. You like her sort of as a person, but she's in this witch coven. <clears throat> and now she's looking at stealing evidence from a locker to find out if the guy that was in it, issue one, the guy that did the hostage takeover of that gas station, I think it was, if he's part of this other coven that they war with. So it could be this witch coven war that looks like his building. And so she puts these spells on her house, which the layouts of how she does that and the very slight light use of color here, it's mostly black and white with this beautiful shading, but every now and then they'll do a hint, a little splash of blue and green when she's casting a spell to protect her front door. Like it's so just well done and you could just tell from the books laying on the table on page five in this two page layout, like that he, that she took a lot of time writing small details of how this these witch books look to where they look old and withered and of old kind of brownish parchment but it's just so well done and the black backgrounding on all the pages I love that so you don't have the normal white empty space it's all black in between and all, all the edges of these panels so it just really makes her black and white just pop and really stand out and look gorgeous. There's a scene where she stole some evidence. It's this lighter which she stole from the person that did the hostage takeover in issue one. And she's swapping it out with another one but putting a spell on it to I guess make other people see it as the original piece of evidence that was in this lockup. Kind of a neat way to use witchcraft to steal evidence. So it's just well done and you're introduced to it. Who They just speak German and it's just all German on this uh, second to last page here of uh, this woman and this man walking down this crazy looking corridor that's lined with skulls. And you just know it's it's bad news. They're speaking German and they're going into a into a dungeon. What does that tell you? <laughs> it's bad news. <clears throat> and then they uh, meet sort of a computer mastermind downstairs at, in this dungeon that speaks English, but tells them to um, he's giving him giving them a mission to uh, go out and check out uh, Rowan. So they're about to be introduced. Rowan uh, Black is about to be introduced to like a third party so you have this potential witch war going on and then you have these these German folks that are coming after her as well so it's opening up a, a, a larger world in this and I really enjoy it and the art is so fantastic 
it is a piece of work you have to buy immediately that's why it's my number one pick of the week so uh, that's the picks of the week hope you all enjoyed that so we're about to get started now in the previously on 2015 part of the show so um, let's uh, sit down put your seatbelt on we're going to begin that and I'll break that down as to what I'm gonna look into we're gonna have some top picks some favorites I'm going to pause real quick and start over and then we're gonna get into the best of the picks of the 2015 wrap-up roundup whatever you want to call it but uh, so hang tight I'll be right back and we'll get that started okay so welcome to a part of the show I like to call previously in 2015 so this is the year-end year 2015 recap part of the show I took some information down tabulated some things put together a list of uh, the best way I thought to highlight this awesome 2015 year for me, I used the podcast birth date as the beginning start date of this tabulation of information. So it started May 27th all the way until December 31st. So I tabulate some number ones and some favorites of all the following things. So let's just jump right into it. The first thing that I tabulated was that for 2015, the publisher that got the most of my money was, drumroll, Image Comics. They by far took... Uh, 20 or 30 percent more of my dollars than any other publisher so I don't want to bore you with the numbers and details but they won it this year image comics took most of my money and the comic books that made most of the number one picks repeated number ones was by image comics invincible written by Robert Kirkman it had more repeat number one picks of the week than any other pick so that is my pick of the year, I guess, was Invincible, so buy it immediately. The number two spot for that was Harrow County by Dark Horse Comics. That was uh, more often number ones, but it was always in like the top three or four picks of the week every consistently every month it was out and so was invincible but invincible nodded it out with more number one picks but Harrow County fantastic that's my number two favorite of 2015 uh, the number three was birthright again uh, made some number ones always made it up in the top fives all most of the time was always in there with my favorite picks of the weeks was uh, from in image comics birthright so those are the three you should most definitely buy and the fourth mention is the star wars collective the new star wars collective from princess leia chewbacca darth vader darth vader down uh, even the uh, Han the Lando Calrissian story all of the uh, Star Wars collective of 2015 were all Consistent they were all usually in the high pick rate if not they were just barely edged out So those are my four recommendations for 2015 number one being invincible number two being Harrow County three being birthright and number four being the Star Wars collective next up is my favorite comic book TV show of the year for 2015 was the flash I mean, it was a good year. You had iZombie, you had Walking Dead. Uh, those are the immediate ones. You had Arrow, which I only just dabbled in. And Flash hit it out of the park. The father-son aspect of the Flash and how well done the special effects were. The story had heart. It had heroism. It was light. It was, you know, it wasn't, I mean, happy and friendly and funny for the most part. Not really designed that way. But it was a good mixture of a little bit of everything from family to friends to him being a hero to him learning how to do what he does with his his powers it was so well written beautifully done the flash my favorite comic book tv show of the year next up is favorite comic book movie of the year and for 2015 
Man, you had uh, five. You had four. The Kingsman, fantastic. Avengers Age of Ultron, Ant-Man, and the Fantastic Four. The number one pick for 2015 comic book movie from Sunspots Comics was Ant-Man. Fantastic. I saw it twice in the theaters. Paul Rudd, Michael Douglas, just fantastic. Can't say enough about it. Bought it on Blu-ray, 3D Blu-ray, and it holds up. I've rewatched it, and it is a fantastic piece of work. From the development of that character who most don't know who is or don't could care less about Ant-Man they turned him into a character you care about and like and enjoy and it was fun and it was fast-paced and it was well written hats off to number one comic book movie of 2015 Ant-Man next up is the number one of 2015 video game and that was an easy pick because I don't game as much as I used to but I did dabble I still have the game fly subscription so I constantly try games I'm not into the multiplayer online stuff I'm more of a campaigner old-school style it's just the way I am but the number one video game series of the year of all the things I tried was Disney Infinity 2.0 Marvel now the 3.0 just came out I've just started dabbling and I bought the Force Awakens series and the 3.0 for Disney Infinity but I spent a lot of time the Disney Infinity 2.0 game I bought all the Marvel figures I bought all the upgrade chips and put them in a cool little Toys R Us like folder I'm way into it it's a whole lot of fun it's light it's easy you can put the difficulty up to the highest level and then it is actually a little challenging whereas in the middle level and easy level it is not challenging at all it's just fun but I actually put it on the hard level and made it a little bit challenging and it's a whole lot of fun all the Marvel characters remember when you can think of those little cool action figures that are Pixar looking action figures that you play on this game I play it on my Xbox one it is fantastic and that's why it's my 2015 video game pick of the year Disney Infinity 2.0 Marvel Edition love it uh, next up I put down the favorite comic book collectible or toy or gadget and it falls to the winner of 2015 is the BB-8 the Spiro from the company Sphero. Um, it's the BB-8. It's Bluetooth controlled. It's smaller than I was hoping for. I, was, I wanted it larger, but it's durable. It's waterproof. It is Bluetooth, Bluetooth controlled. It has sort of a little hologram effect to it that displays on your screen. The sound comes from your phone. And everyone I've showed is just sort of blown away by it, by the BB-8 toy Sphero. That's why it wills my, wins the collectible toy gadget of 2015. And up next is a fun one I thought to throw in here was favorite comic book clothing article and it was Loot Crate. They made a series of socks. I got a Groot socks set and a Daredevil or no a Deadpool uh, sock set. Those are my favorite sort of fun uh, like clothing article of 2015 so I thought it'd be fun something a little different was the Loot Crate socks set the uh, they're just fantastic they're Marvel the Groot ones I love it I wear them all the time they're well done they're just fun uh, not everyone says they wear comic book socks so I don't know it's just fun <clears throat> and next up uh, or last this is the last uh, but not least I have a little thank you session sort of afterwards but um, the favorite comic book event or con this year was Kamikaze Con Kamikaze Con you can see back on and here uh, from on on sunspotscomics.com it was podcast issue number 26 where I recap um, the Kamikaze Con Expo of 2015 and that was my favorite con this year I met Mike Mignola the creator of Hellboy he signed a shirt and did a little skull sketch in my booklet I'll never forget I'll always uh, definitely hold that in the highest of regards um, I got to um, 
talked to Matthew Rosenberg of We Can Never Go Home. That, that was a fantastic conversation and talked to him in depth. And it was just a super, super duper good time. And that was my favorite. It just felt smaller. It felt, oh, I got to meet Terry Crews and interviewed him on that uh, podcast issue 26. You can check out um, Terry Crews of multiple movies from Idiocracy. He's the immediate one I think of because I loved him in Idiocracy. Um, he's humongously muscled. Uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine is what I watch him in now. He's like the sergeant. He's fantastically funny in that and refers to himself and first person and it's just it's just fantastic and he's funny there and terry cruz he's doing that doing his own comic book uh coming out soon which i have been waiting for but haven't heard anything from and uh, that's why that was my favorite uh, con event of 2015 was kamikaze and i just want to take a second uh before i wrap up the show and thank you so much for listening to say thank you to the following people nicole uh and sister nancy uh mike norris michael fontaine uh, for all of his uh, his his expert information in the world of horror, thank you, Michael Fontaine. Great stuff. Check out his uh, podcast, which is fantastic. My Haunt Life, uh, even at myhauntlife.com. And Michael Norris for accompanying me to Long Beach Comic Con. That was great, and being a guest on the show. And Dave Baker, the creator of Action Hospital. He's on, I think, issue 15, podcast issue 15, where I interviewed Dave Baker, and I'm going to still read Action Hospital more at theactionhospital.com. And fantastic, trippy comic that is uh, I want to read more of and maybe have him on the show again very, very soon. Uh, for Dustin Wynn, who was nice enough to do uh, an interview, the artist of Descender and Little Gotham, Little Gotham, fantastic uh, there. If I'm forgetting one, I, I forget. But thank you to all that have written in, all the mailbaggers, like even Glenn, the recent one. Everyone writing in. I hope you've enjoyed your comic book uh, stuff I've sent to you and mailed to you. Hope you enjoyed it. And uh, and to just everyone listening, to everyone reposting, to everyone liking, thank you very much for all of your support this year. It really means a lot to me. And for everyone that's supporting, like, Zombie Destroyers, like my friend and artist who I met, um, Jordan Hudson, when I actually met uh, Dustin Wynn. Um, so thank you, Dustin Wynn, for bringing us together. But uh, Zombie Destroyers, for everyone that's supporting, for my wife, uh, Patsy, thank you for all of your support and your understanding of, of my passion and this wonderful world of comic books. Thank you, and I love you. And to all my friends and all my family who have been all just supportive for me chasing this, uh, chasing the dragon, chasing the dream. And I want to create this Zombie Destroyer comic book and put it out there in the world. And it even just looking at page one recently completed from Jordan Hudson. Thank you again. Uh, it's it, it just it strikes my heart hard. And to know that I'm uh, maybe a small smidge part of something that I've loved so much for so many years, that is comic books, to give a little back, to, to just be in this and express my love of it to you and, and try to bring that positiveness to you week after week. I hope you felt it. I hope you've enjoyed it. And I hope you continue on. I hope you tell a friend and I hope you stay with me because it's going to be more fun coming up in the next year. 2016 is going to be friggin' amazing. My goal is by maybe summertime to have issue number one of Zombie Destroyers in print. We'll see if that if that falls in line and and goes within that path. But uh, that's the game plan there is maybe by summertime, you know, maybe August, September, have that released on paper. 
uh, zombie destroyers number one but anyway thank you so much to everyone again the mailbaggers the listeners the family the friends uh, everyone that has listened in and supported me I really appreciate it and I love you thank you so much and again I hope everyone had a happy new year had a happy holidays had a merry Christmas and you were with people that you loved and had a good time and and gave some gifts to people that mean something to you and because it's always fun to give gifts that's why I like doing it with uh, with everything. And please, again, uh, wrapping this up and before I say goodbye, please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and, and Facebook at Sunspots Comics. And write me, chris at sunspotscomics.com on my email. But thank you very much. We appreciate it. And I love you and thank you. And looking forward to an awesome 2016. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. So hang in there. And, and oh, and don't forget to hit uh, uh, to subscribe and to buy three of... Just let it in.